1: of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to our Thursday night Bible study on the Sword of the Spirit podcast. I know that's probably annoying to a lot of people, but that's all right. I like it. I think it's fun. Well, folks, I can't believe that it's Thursday already. I feel like it was just yesterday that we got together and we were talking about that beautiful, perfect, holy, and glorious place called heaven. Last Sunday, we talked about the reality of heaven in contrast to the previous Sunday where we talked about the reality of hell, the worst place imaginable. But folks, it was a great study. It was a real blessing. And then... Uh, On Thursday, this past Thursday, uh, we began to study 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 is the last chapter in the last book written by the Apostle Paul. The chapter is Paul's last will and testament, as it were, and also an exhortation to young Timothy to stay the course, to keep fighting the good fight, to not turn back. And it's a valuable lesson for us as believers today. Now, tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to pick it up in verse 9, and we're going to close out this amazing and tremendous study that we've had in 2 Timothy. It really has been a blessing uh, since, since we started this uh, several weeks ago in 2 Timothy. Every week has been just uh, a study that has been a blessing to me, and I hope and I trust has been a blessing to you as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we're, even though we're looking forward to coming to the end of 2 Timothy and getting on into the book of Revelation as we've been planning, uh, we can't forget the valuable lessons that we learned from 2 Timothy about enduring hardness as a good soldier, about the several different types of grace that God provides for us in a time of need. So it, it's been it's been a tremendous study for me, and again, I hope and trust it has been for you, too. But folks, before we get into the study tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just two things. First of all, would you visit our website, com? That's com, and then head over to our contact section, and when you find it, uh, would you send us over a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, folks, please don't forget to send over your prayer requests. Uh, they are a, a blessing for me to get. I really do take the time to pray over those prayer requests when they come in. And, of course, we we pray over them uh, as, a, as, a, as a family when we have our Bible studies and we have our Sunday sermon so uh so please don 't forget to send those over at sword of dot com or if you don 't want to use the web form, you can always email me directly at info at sword of dot com that 's info at sword of dot com now, the second thing i 'd like you to do is when you 're on the website, if you would, please look for the support this podcast button and when you find that. Would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for ninety nine cents, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine a month. And uh, now you can also make a one time contribution if doing a monthly recurring is not something you are able to do right now. And you can make that one time contribution by clicking on the Waygiver button that you'll find on the website. And also, we now have a Cash App QR code on the website as well. So, folks, why don't you pray about it, and if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to be an active part of this ministry, uh, your contribution will go a very, very long way, and I would be very thankful for it. Now, always, folks, first and foremost, before we get into anything else, I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, for saving me. Uh, saving this stubborn, thick-headed Italian from from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, it took a great amount of work to get through to my thick head, but uh, praise the Lord that he did, and he used a radio preacher preaching on the subject of hell and who's going there to get to me. So thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for saving me. Uh, there, I know that there is no way that I could have done it myself. There is no good work I could do to get me into heaven just like there's no good work that you can do to get you into heaven. The only way you get into heaven is through the door, and the door is the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you haven't made that decision today, uh, I would invite you to go back and listen to the messages that we gave on the reality of hell and the reality of heaven and contemplate that. And, but don't take too long. Don't take too long because today is the day of salvation. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. The Apostle James said, For what is your life but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away? So folks, time is short. The Lord is about to return. And uh, now is the day of grace, is the age of grace. Uh, Now is the time to get saved. Because once this age closes, folks, and we go into the tribulation, it's an entirely different system, entirely different. And then when the tribulation's over, For those that made it through the tribulation, uh, you got problems if you don't come to the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, folks. uh, Also, I want to say thank you to the Lord for allowing me this opportunity to teach the Bible. What a tremendous responsibility, what a tremendous, tremendous opportunity and gift that the Lord has given to me, and I am very thankful for that, and I'm thankful for all of you as well. Uh, especially those of you who support us prayerfully. Thank you so much for your prayers. Your prayers are so valuable to me. They're so important to me. Thank you so very much. I really do read all of your messages, and I'm so thankful for all the words of encouragement that come my way. And thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for this show and the ministry that, that the Lord has given us. Please continue to pray for my family as well. And uh, we are under constant spiritual attack, not just myself, not just my family or the show. Every believer is under a constant spiritual attack. Once you get saved, you know, uh, you have all of these, uh, you know, word of faith and, uh, you know, prosperity gospel preachers out there that tell you that God wants you to be healthy and wealthy and never have a care in the world, never have a trouble, never have a problem. Well, you know what? I've read the Bible several times and um, I don't see that anywhere. Look at the lives of the apostles and the disciples. That should show you, that should absolutely show you that the Christian life is not always the easiest. Now, can God give you those things? Absolutely, sure he could. Absolutely, why not? Uh, But the vast majority of Christians have to deal with a lot of problems and they have to suffer. So so, uh, just continue to pray for us. Thank you for it. I appreciate it, and uh, God bless you for it. I also want to say thank you, thank you to those of you who already support us financially. Uh, your contributions, like I tell you all the time, really do help us. I mean, it pays for the studio that we're using to, uh, to do our show from. Uh, it, it, it helps us on some of the platforms that we're on. That we're on. Uh, it helps us to keep things going and to get uh, materials that we can send out. It's a, it's a tremendous, tremendous gift that you give when you can give financially. So thank you so very very much for it, and also to every single one of the, of our listeners. Thank you so very much for uh, all the plays and the downloads. And uh, I I really we're approaching five thousand plays. I mean it's amazing. It really is amazing. I never thought in a million years that um, that we would be where we are. Sixty seven with this show. Sixty seven episodes into our podcast and over 5,000 plays. I mean, it's just a tremendous blessing. Thank you so very much to every single one of you. Please keep it up. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, well, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m., Our worship service begins at 11 a.m., and our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Also, our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, you can always visit the church's Facebook page. All you need to do is just log into Facebook and search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you get there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information, and you'll also find episodes of this podcast. And we're thankful to the folks at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, uh, and also we're thankful to Pastor John Monk, my pastor and my friend, for uh, allowing us to post this show on the church's website. This show is not a ministry of that church at all. I am not an officer of the church. I'm not a deacon, a pastor, or anything. I am just a member of the church, and uh, I am so thankful that uh, Pastor Monk uh, has allowed us to uh, post this on the church's Facebook page. Now, uh, again, you'll find us on that Facebook page, and uh, but wherever you're listening, no matter what platform it is that you're listening to us on, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, folks, if you have the ability on whatever platform you're on that you can give us a five star rating and a review, please, please do so. And you can do that on the Good Pods platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I'm sure there's others out there you can do that on. Uh, please, folks, do that because when you do that, you are boosting us up in the uh, search algorithms, and uh, you get us up at the uh, at the top end of a lot of the search engine hits. So. Uh, Please keep it up, because this gospel message that we give is so important because it's truth, because it's based upon the Word of God, and that's our final absolute authority, the written, preserved, inspired Word of God for us in English, the King James Bible. And we will not deviate from that position ever. All right, folks, uh, just a couple of announcements uh, before we get into our first break and then a prayer list. I'm going to ask you also to please forgive me. I am uh, I'm not feeling so great tonight. i uh, got a killer sore throat, stuffy nose, all that stuff. It's not COVID. I was tested three times. <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's just a really bad cold. So uh, please keep me in prayer as we get into the study in just a little bit. Now, folks, just want to remind you of our sermon Sunday broadcast, which is coming up at three p.m. Central Time, four p.m. Eastern Time, live on Spreaker. Uh, you can uh, check us out on Spreaker.com. Um, if you are a, if you are a, a subscriber on Spreaker, you get notifications about it. And uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to have a really special, special episode. Uh, We're going to be talking, it's not going to be our usual style of of preaching service. It's going to be a little bit different, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting into it. And I hope and I trust that I'll see you there. So, Sermon Sunday, 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, folks, if you are a prepper or if you are interested in prepping, I have a great, great network for you to get involved with. It's called the Contra Radio Network, and you can find them at www.contra.com. CRN.Best. The uh, Contra Radio Network focuses on the issues, concerns, the issues and concerns of discerning preppers and patriots. It's a, it's a fantastic network. I am so happy to be a part of that and in, uh, in the fact that they, they host our podcast there. And I am so thankful for that. I have learned so much about prepping uh, by listening in uh, at least a couple of times out of the course of the day. Their political podcasts are spot-on, excellent, excellent material. I would highly recommend you check them out at crn.best. Don't forget, you have to put the three W's, otherwise you get a page error. Okay? All right. Uh, Just want to remind you to not forget to sign up for the programming announcements on our subscription box on the website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. All that is, it's just a mailing list that we put you on. So if there's any changes to the show programming wise guests uh, cancellations uh, and whatnot we'll get that email sent out to you so you are in the know All you need to do is go to the website dot sort of com fill out the web form and get on the mailing list and uh, we don't send your mater- we don 't sell your information to anybody it strictly stays with us here. So you you won't get spammed. You won't get a bunch of stuff you're not interested in seeing. Uh, You'll only get the programming announcements. All right, uh, moving on down, also on the website, uh, don't forget to check out the Sword Swag page where you can find these wonderful Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs of which I have right here in front of me. And as always, just to show you that I do have it, I'm going to take a slurp from it. Mm. hot tea with lemon and some uh, some honey and some lime. Oh, great for my throat. So you can get your Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug uh, for a contribution of $25. And you can also get one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts for a contribution of $35. So uh, check us out, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Look for Sword Swag, and uh, click that info button that you're going to see on that page. Send me your mailing address. I will send you the link to where you can make your contribution, and then we will get that out to you right away. All right, folks. Well, this is really good because we're moving along fairly quickly. Uh, That's because I'm not uh, bloviating Uh, (laughs) and going off on little rabbit trails tonight. And you can thank the fact that I have a cold for that. All right, uh, so we're going to take our first break here uh, at this point, and then when we come back, we'll get into our prayer requests. And since it's Thursday, it's abbreviated, so we're not going to spend too much time on it. And then we'll get into our message of the day, our Bible study for our Thursday night Bible study. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget, like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ Because it's so important today to win the lost, no matter the cost. We'll be right back.
2: Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
1: Men, come one, come all, let's gather and worship and sing praises to the Lord. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we are just about to get into our prayer list, so if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, uh, now is the time. You can send them on over. Uh, you can do that via the chat group on Spreaker, or you could uh, email me at info at com and uh, we'll get that up into the prayer list uh, as quickly as we receive it. All right. Uh, so uh, we always pray for those that are in need of salvation first, first and foremost. That is the single most important decision that anyone could ever make in their life, and um, and that's because it has eternal consequences. Uh, you reject the gospel. You reject Jesus Christ. You reject his invitation to get saved, and you will spend an eternity in the worst place imaginable, a place called hell. If you want to know more about hell, check out the Reality of Hell message we did two weeks ago. It's a very important message, folks, very important. All right, so on our salvation prayer list, we are praying for Diane, my mom, my sister Laura. We're praying for David up in New York City, and we are praying for Fermin. Fermin is my uh, good friend and brother in Christ, Alex's father, uh, who is uh, currently in the hospital Battling cancer. All right, going on down the list here. We are. Uh, we're also going to be praying for uh, Pastor Martin. Uh, pastor Martin is a, a good friend to me. My pastor's pastor. Uh, pastor Martin is 89 years old. He is. Uh, he's dealing with a heart condition, uh, blood pressure issues, eczema, and uh, medication problems as well. All uh, also and vision problems. So we are going to pray for Pastor Martin tonight again and as usual, and it's a privilege to do so. We're also praying for Mary Perez, uh, who has cancer. Uh, we're praying for my mom, uh, who's fighting with co- co- COPD. I was going say coped. Okay, that's the cold medicine. <laughs> okay, uh, We're going to pray for my sister Laura, who is uh, dealing with a slipped disc in her back. Uh, sister Bernice, a member of our church, has been battling cancer now for quite some time. We're praying for Janae, who has a, an ongoing heart condition. We're praying for Fairman, uh, my, my brother Alex's uh, father, uh, who is in the hospital with cancer. Sharon Baldino, uh, for cancer. Martin Mata, uh, who is uh, dealing with cancer, lymphoma specifically. And uh, also for myself on our sick list, because I am really not feeling well. And I'm going to need the Lord's strength to get through this show tonight. All right, Uh, in our general prayer list, we're praying for Jude, uh, my brother-in-law and contractor up in New York City for his business and his concerns, also for Traveling Protections and Mercy as he's on his way to Sri Lanka. Uh, We're praying for uh, Robert C. Robert is a uh, National Guardsman serving on the border, doing uh, border security for us down here in Eagle Pass. Uh, We're also praying for uh, all of our local, state, and federal elected officials, our border patrol agents, National Guard, law enforcement that are working down here along the border. We're praying for, uh, for Angel and her pregnancy. We're praying for Isabella with her walk with the Lord, Jessica for her walk with the Lord, Alex Herrera for uh, his job and financial situation and the care of his dad up uh, in the hospital. We're also praying for the uh, Purcell family as they're traveling. And uh, we're going to be praying also for Jerry and Rebecca, who are in a Border Patrol training program in New Mexico. And then, of course, we have the unspoken prayers of our hearts. Uh, those are the prayers that um, you know we just can't find the words to speak to describe the, the specific and particular need uh, that, uh, that there is. and uh, Or it could just be something that's extremely personal and not meant for everyone to know the details of it, but the Lord knows them, and that's what's really important. So on our unspoken prayer list, we have Eduardo Rodriguez, Mike Elisalde, and myself. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for all the love, the mercy, the grace that you have poured out upon us. Father God, uh, as we go into prayer tonight, before we go into our, our Sunday our, our Thursday night study, Lord, we think of those on our prayer list that are in need of salvation. Father God, we pray that you would reach down from heaven. Lord, that you would impress upon their hearts the immediate need to give themselves over to the Lord Jesus Christ, to accept that wonderful gift of salvation that was poured out through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Father, we pray that you would just touch them. Lord, we pray that you would speak to their hearts. Lord, we pray that you would impress it upon them how serious of a decision this is, and that it should not be put off any longer. Father, we just thank you so much for that, and we ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we also pray for those that are on our sick list today. Lord, we pray um, that you would just touch each and every one of us, and I include myself in that, that are on our sick list tonight. Lord, we just pray that you would just bring healing. Lord, we pray that you would bring comfort. Lord, that you would provide strength. As uh, especially for myself at the moment as I'm preparing to teach. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, touch each and every person on our prayer list, those that are fighting cancer. Lord, we pray that you would touch them, bring healing, Lord. Uh, uh, Lord, uh, just minister unto them. Lord, provide them grace as they, uh, as they suffer and deal with the side effects that come with the various treatments that each one take, the discomfort that the cancer itself causes. Uh, Father, I pray for them. I lift them up to you. Lord, uh, we pray for, uh, for, uh, for for Laura with the slipped disc, my mom with, with the COPD, Pastor Martin for all of his needs and concerns. And we will thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. And Heavenly Father, we also pray tonight for uh, my brother-in-law Jude, for his business, his contracting business. We pray, Lord, that you would also uh, provide him travel mercies and protections while he's away from home in Sri Lanka. Uh, Father, we pray for Robert, who's down on the border. We pray for his protection and for his safety. Lord, we pray for all of our uh, local, state, and federal elected officials. We pray for uh, the Border Patrol agents, National Guard, and law enforcement that are working on the border. Lord, we lift up Angel and her pregnancy, Isabella with her, for her walk with the Lord, Jessica for her walk with the Lord. We pray for Alex Herrera, Lord, for his job, his financial situation, and the ability to continue to care for his dad in the hospital. We pray for Alex, Angel's husband. Lord, we pray for his protection on the job as he works to provide for his family. And Lord, we pray that you would use him in a mighty way as he witnesses for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for Jerry and Rebecca in the Border Patrol training program in New Mexico. We pray also for the Purcell family as they're traveling. And then, Lord, for the unspoken prayers of our hearts. Father God, we lift up Eduardo Rodriguez, Mike Elizalde, and, Lord, I pray for myself uh, for those unspoken prayer requests. And, Lord, we pray that you know exactly what the needs are for each and every person on this prayer list, whether it's for salvation, sick, general, or the unspokens. Father, we we trust that... uh, uh, that you have all of this under control, that, Lord, you know the end from the beginning, and, Lord, that you would just give us the grace and the strength that we need to uh, to endure the uh, difficulties that each one of these particular pra- prayer requests carry with them. Father, we just commit all of this to you and to your perfect will for us in our lives, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Now, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please feel free to email them to us. You can send it through the Sword of the Spirit Podcast dot com web form, or you can email me directly at info at Sword of the Spirit Podcast dot com. That's info at Sword of the Spirit Podcast dot com. All right, folks. So uh, we don't have our missionary to support yet. That will be this coming Sunday. And then uh, we don't have any listener questions that we're going to be answering today. No birthdays that I'm aware of. Uh, If you have a birthday, uh, you can send that to me quickly, and I will get that in after we come back from this break. Okay, here we go. All right, we're going to take a short break, and then that'll give you a chance to get your King James Bible, to grab yourself a cup of coffee, grab yourself that bottle of water. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into today's Bible study on 2 Timothy chapter 4. Point two, and we'll be back right after this. Amen, <clears throat> amen, and amen. Praise the Lord for the King James Bible. Now, folks, I want to apologize because I know I I hit the wrong button and I, I played the same song that I played earlier. That's the cold and the cold medicine that's affecting me, so I apologize for that. Um, but still, it's a good song, right? Amen? Amen. Uh, but for those of you who listen on a regular basis, you know when you hear... Our piece bragging about the Word of God, the King James Bible, that is time for you to grab your Bible and open it up to Second Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Okay, let's get a little bit of tea here before we get started. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, folks, uh, as we're going through the study tonight, I'm going to ask you to continue to pray for me. Um, Really feel out of it right now. So um, so please continue to pray for me as we uh, prepare to study. Uh, Let's go to the Lord together in prayer, actually. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for tonight. We want to thank you, Lord, for this time of our study, and, Lord, in getting into this exciting and wonderful chapter in 2 Timothy. Father, we thank you so much for these last words of the Apostle Paul these words of exhortation uh, that he has laid out for young Timothy that we can ap- apply to ourselves as well. And, Lord, we just ask you to bless our time together, bless our study, bless the Word of God. And, Lord, uh, please give me the grace and the strength that I need to uh, to teach this lesson tonight. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. <clears throat> chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now, uh, beginning in verse 9 to the end of the chapter, could... Uh, be considered Paul's last will and testament. This is the last thing that Paul wrote that we know anything about, you know, as far as scripture is concerned. These are his last words. So he's he's quite concise in some of the things he has to say. So let's pick it up in verse 9. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens, to Galatia, Titus, unto Dalmatia. Paul the forsaken. You know, Paul, the great apostle Paul, you know, God used Paul in such an incredible way, in such a really unprecedented way. Not only was he an evangelist making uh, four missionary tours around that part of the world, he was also used to author 13 epistles. I mean, the great apostle Paul. It's Paul that teaches us church-age doctrine. You know, if you had to build your doctrine on Matthew, you'd be all fouled up, all fouled up. And I could tell you that right now. You would walk away from this show tonight wondering, well, should I cut, should I cut off my right hand because it's offending me or pluck out my right eye because it's offending me? You know, how many times can I lose my salvation? I mean, you'd just be beside yourself. But fortunately, the Lord didn't stop there. He gave us Paul. Paul started with the book of Romans, and there, uh, and, and there we have the foundation stones for church-age doctrine. And then it just goes on from there, and it, and it builds from that foundation as we go through all of the various epistles that Paul has provided to us. You know, then Paul gets to the end of his life uh, where he is now, in Second in Timothy chapter four, Paul gets to the end of his life, and he's lonely, he's forsaken, as he has been uh, periodically in his min- in his ministry. You know, it's not uncommon for the great heroes of the faith to experience this very thing: loneliness. You know, uh, a sense of being forsaken. He said, "Demas hath forsaken me." Well, who is this Demas guy, anyway? Evidently, he had at one time been faithful to the Lord and Paul. So keep your finger here in Second Timothy 4, and let's go over to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Paul, writing and bringing the book of Colossians to a conclusion in verse 14, uh, he says this, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. So Demas... Had been a fellow laborer, a fellow worker with the Apostle Paul, he had he had uh, um, contributed evidently to his ministry in some way, but Demas is no different than a lot of Christians. You know, now some people do try to use this, uh, you know, and teach wrong doctrine just off of this verse alone, and what they try to teach is that you know Demas lost his salvation, but folks, there's no indication of that whatsoever. You know, Demas would probably be better characterized by the uh, parable of the sower. You know, the seed that was sown and the thorns and the thistles choked it out and it became unfruitful. Remember that? It became unfruitful. Demas became unfruitful. Now again, in the parable of the sower, uh, because of the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, you know, that that chokes out a lot of Christians as as far as having a good... Um uh, viable Christian walk and testimony. And it happened to Demas. We don't know what exactly it was that was in the world that lured Demas away. It just says having loved this present world. Well, over the years I've seen all kinds of things in the world entice Christians to the place where they, you know, pretty soon aren't serving the Lord, or they're at least uh or, or, or they're at least thinking about the Lord. Whether it's you know sports, politics, um, amusements, music, business, careers—you know—just to name a couple of things, uh, just a few things that have enticed people away from doing what they know, really in their heart of hearts, what the Lord would have them to do. And it's sad; it, it really is sad. But this is a long-standing temptation that's been around. You know, this isn't just a 21st century thing. It, this goes all the way back to your Bible days, even in the Old Testament. Demas hath forsaken me. I mean, when you think about it, that's really a sad epitaph, isn't it? Wouldn't that be a sad thing to put on somebody's tombstone? What a, I mean, really, what a sad conclusion to life. You know, Demas hath forsaken me. I've forsaken the Lord. It's a really sad thing. It's really sad. So Demas bailed out. In verse 11, uh, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. So Demas is an example of a Christian who goes AWOL, and there's no record of him returning. Mark, on the other hand, deserted once, but came back. Look with me over in Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter fifteen. Excuse me. Acts chapter fifteen, and let's pick it up in verse um, uh, verse thirty six. Acts chapter fifteen and verse thirty six, and some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, "Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they do." Well, you know what? That's a good missionary effort. That's what a missionary is really supposed to do. You know, they win folks to Christ, and then periodically they go back and check on them. Uh, and Barnabas, determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. So he's often called John Mark. You know, I'm sure you've, you've read that, you've heard that. Verse 38, But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. So basically Paul said, no, no, this guy bailed on us once before. You know, he went AWOL, you see? And Paul's saying, you know, I'm not interested in taking him on this missionary journey. I don't want to take him. I don't want to have to count on him, depend on him. You know, and then then what? Then he jumped ship again. Verse 39, and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. So Paul and Barnabas had, you know, kind of a, I guess, kind of a falling out over this John Mark guy. And you, if you think about it, though, you could really understand Paul's concern. You know, when you're, when you're out there in the mission field, you know, and it's kind of compared to like a military campaign, you know, that, I mean, that's why God compares us to an army, like we studied back in 1 Timothy. You want to be depending on people. That have your back. Isn't that right? Isn't that the, the, the motto of the Marine Corps? Well, these are spiritual Marines right here. They want to have people they know they can depend on and won't sell them out. So, So Paul says, no, I'm not really interested in taking Mark with me. But you see, then somewhere along the way, though, Mark got his act together. Folks, this is the Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark I mean God is a god God is a merciful God, isn't he? Full of grace. God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. A righteous man falleth seven times and shall rise again. I mean that's what the book says, doesn't it? Now you might say, does that mean God only gives you seven chances? Well, what did Jesus teach about forgiveness? Didn't we talk about that just a few weeks ago on a Sunday? What did Jesus teach about forgiveness? 70 times 7. So, if God recommends that we forgive 70 times 7, how many times does God forgive? You know, God would never ask you to do something He hasn't done Himself. So, God is a God of many chances. And somewhere along the way, all Mark got his act together. He repented. Uh, he made things right. And at, and it's at this point, Paul is requesting His presence. And I I think that's something we should make note of. Never give up on folks. Never give up. Pray for them. Trust the Lord to work in their lives. You know, sometimes, honestly, sometimes my prayers are a little more radical than they should be. You know, I've said many times, Lord, just hit them upside the head. You know, of course, in Christian charity, okay? You know, get their attention, Get their attention. All right, where were we? <laughs> okay. Verse 11. Verse 11, 2 Timothy 4, verse 11. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. Well, something must have radically changed in John Mark's life where, you know, at one point he was a deserter and now he's profitable for me in the ministry. And all I can say about that is good for Mark. Good for Mark. And good for anyone else who prescribes the same procedure. Good for them. Good for them. All right, verse 12. And Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. Now, this is something interesting. Okay, let's backtrack a little bit. So, this is chapter 4 and verse 12. Okay, let's look back at chapter 3 and verse 12. Chapter 3 and verse 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Chapter 2 and verse 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. All right, chapter 1, verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Now, notice this: one twelve suffer, two twelve suffer, three twelve suffer. Well, now I know that most people by now would be saying, "Well, you know, you crazy Bible believers, King James people, you crazy radicals. You know, you put emphasis on chapter and verse markings that haven't always been there." Yeah, no, I know they haven't always been there. I know doesn't god do some marvelous things in his work of preservation you know you run those 3 verses out and then when you get to 4:12 and I mean, you fully expect to read about suffering wouldn't you but you don't 4:12 says and tychicus have i sent to ephesus but yet you do do you know who Tych- tychicus was tychicus was a great fellow sufferer with the apostle paul so what does paul so what paul does here is he spends three verses 1 verse 12 2 verse 13 3 verse 12 i'm sorry 2 12 112 12 and 312 talking about the concept of suffering and then in 412 in 412 what does he do well he puts a name on the suffering doesn't he Tychicus, that's the name Right there. A great fellow sufferer. Verse 13. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. And the books, but especially the parchments. You know, Paul was a book guy. I I appreciate that. I know. I mean, I, I get it. You know, he didn't have a computer. He didn't have a smartphone. He didn't have all that stuff. But he was a book guy. And he wanted, more than anything else, other than fellowship with some of the saints, in the last days of his life, he wanted his books. His books. The parchments. Now, the parchments, in all probability, they were they were probably uh, copies of the letters that he had sent that we now know as his epistles. He wanted those things. He desired them. You know, I thought about this when I was working on this, if I had to be deserted on some South Pacific island, and I want you to notice, though, that I said South Pacific, all right? Who wants to be deserted on a North Atlantic island, right? If I had to be deserted on a, a, for a long time anywhere, it wouldn't matter where it was. There are three books that I would be most interested in having. Number one, my King James Bible. Number two is a Concordance for that Bible. And number three is my 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Those are the three books that I would really want. Why? Because those are valuable books. Valuable books. And I'll let you chew on that for a little bit and figure out why. Verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Well, this Alexander dude, he must have been you know kind of a bad character, all right look with me over in first Timothy, first Timothy in chapter one. We covered him but i'm I'm sure you forgot by now, so we can go back. that's okay. First Timothy chapter one and verse 20. well, verse 19. let's go to verse 19. <laughs> Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So, do you know, what's odd to me about that? At first, I mean, I understand it. You know, uh, why would Paul put this great uh, uh, condemnation on this individual? In his last will and testament, I mean, it just seems like an odd place for it, don't you think? But he did, didn't he? You see, Alexander and Hymenaeus were two people that were continually trying to introduce false doctrine into the church, and consequently, it was um, dividing the church and causing harm to the church. You know, and and Paul had such a deep, godly appreciation for the church as the body of Christ that. You know He detested anyone or anything that would, that would bring division in that body. He made it pretty clear that this Alexander guy did me much evil. The Lord re- reward him according to his works. Well, he said he delivered him to Satan. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to hell. It doesn't mean the guy is lost. I mean, he may very well have been saved. I, I don't know. But he delivered him. And in another passage, he says, for the destruction of the flesh. You know, some people are delivered to Satan of their own will for the destruction of their own flesh. And what a, what a sad commentary that is. But it happens. But it happens. Verse 15: Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Greatly withstood our words. So the contest has always been over the words. In any arena, in any arena, what it really comes down to, it's the words. It's the words. I mean, do you know what drove the Pharisees into such a frenzy that they yelled for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? No, it wasn't His miracles. It wasn't feeding the hungry. It wasn't healing the sick. It wasn't causing the blind to see. I mean, it wasn't even raising the dead. What drove them crazy was his words. That's all. Just words. You know, I just actually mentioned to someone at my job before I came to do the Bible study tonight that, you know, words can really get to the heart of the matter in a good or a bad way. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He hath greatly withstood our words. When you have the truth and you know you have the truth, you don't have to be afraid of the words. The words. You know, when the cultists come to your door, and they haven't been around to me in a while, I, I think they kind of put an X on my door. You know, when they come and conversation ensues, you know, one of the things that I tell them is this. I am convinced that you folks are a bunch of liars. And man, that upsets them. <laughs> well, why do you say that? Well, here's why. Because every time you show up, or someone from your group shows up, I ask you I ask you questions that you can't answer, and inevitably, without fail, your response is, "Well, can we bring somebody back that can answer these questions?" And when they when they tell me that, I always say, "Yeah," I always answer in the affirmative, always, you know, absolutely, yes, please do. But they never do. They never do. So i I tell them, so the only conclusion that I can come to is that you're a bunch of liars, and then i follow I follow that up with well, I'll tell you what I host a Bible study podcast, a live show twice a week. I'll get a pastor friend of mine to come, and I'll challenge two of your highest gurus to a public debate live on my show. I haven't found any takers yet, <laughs> okay, do you know why? You know why? Because they don't want their words in front of the public. They they like to talk to you and they want to talk to you in private. Because they know that most people are not really knowledgeable and they, and they can persuade them in that area. That's how they operate. Folks, I don't care if the whole world knows what I believe. In fact, I want them to believe. I want them to. I mean, think about it though. Isn't that... Isn't that part of our mission as believers? Go ye into all the world? That's what we do. I mean, folks, that's why we do a podcast. This podcast is heard in countries all around the world. Folks, that's why we support missions. That's why why we do all we can to help them to get the word out. When you're secretive about your words then make no mistake about it, they're bad. They're bad words. There's no good in that. But when you're totally public in your words, there may be something right about that. So the controversy was over words. It always has been. It always will be. Now, the Lord Jesus will put an end to all of that when the word comes out of his mouth at the Battle of Armageddon. I want you to notice that he doesn't smite them with anything but his word. Oh man, I could just, you know what, honestly, I could just tear off and preach there for a while, but you know what, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break here, our last break of the night. I promise you I will hit the right tracks, and uh, when we come back, we'll continue on with verse 16. But until then, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers on your social medias, and hit that five-star review if you feel like we deserve it. All right, and we will be back right after this. Don't you go away.
0: On a hill called Calvary There stands an endless mercy tree Every brook and weary soul find your rest and be made whole. Stripes of blood that stained its frame shed to wash away our shame. From the scars pure love released salvation by the mercy tree. sky between two thieves Hung the blameless prince of peace Bruised and battered, scarred and scorned Sacred head pierced by our thorns It is finished was his cry THE PERFECT LAMB WAS CRUCIFIED HIS SACRIFICE, OUR VICTORY OUR SAVIOR CHOSE THE MERCY TREE HOPE WENT DARK THAT VIOLENT DAY THE WHOLE quaked AT LOVE'S DISPLAY Three days silent in the ground, his body born for heaven's crown. But on that bright and glorious day, when heaven from the dead. One day soon we'll see His face, and every tear He'll wipe away. No more pain or suffering, oh praise Him for the mercy tree. from the
2: dead.
0: So many souls have tested him throughout the course of time. So many still reach out to Him with broken hearts and minds And every one of them will say without exception that they find That Jesus never fails Even in the days of old He brought His people through And then He came to show His love And died for me and you And He rose again to prove That every story had been true That Jesus never fails Jesus never fails Saints and you cannot prevail Because Jesus never fails Sometimes this world brings trouble I find so hard to bear I know I could not make it without Jesus being there. It's so encouraging to know, however deeper in despair, that Jesus never fails. So what can I do to prove to you? Tell me, how can you deny? No one told facts. No mysteries, it's all so cut and dry. And on the witness stand of your life, I'll be the first to testify that Jesus never. I prevail because Jesus never fails Jesus Jesus Satan, you cannot prevail, because Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails.
1: Amen. Jesus never fails. That's a great song. You know, I didn't even realize I had that song in, in any of the playlists that I had, and I listened to it earlier today, and I said, this song has to go on the show today. This, this was a great song, and it's a real blessing to me, and uh, I'm very thankful for it. And uh, so this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. My name is Joe Rusiello, and it's a real blessing to be with you as we're opening up and studying the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And we are in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and uh, we're talking about Paul's last will and testament, Paul's exhortation to, the, to young Timothy, uh, as uh, Paul is just about to, uh, uh, to uh, go home to be with the Lord. And uh, we're going to pick it up here in verse 16. So we're in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16. At my first answer, no man stood with me but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Now, what exactly does he mean by, at my first answer, no man stood with me? Now, Paul Paul is standing before Nero on this particular occasion. Well, I should say we assume it's Nero. We think it was, well, the, the Roman emperor, whoever it was. And here's the way it works. Uh, if you were a Roman citizen, which Paul was, uh, even though he was a Jew he was still a Roman citizen. If you were a Roman citizen, they gave you three opportunities to deny the Lord and confess Caesar as God, small g. Now, if you're a Roman citizen, you had a choice. If you weren't, they would just throw you to the lions in the Colosseum for the entertainment of the crowd. But if you were a Roman citizen, you can choose a more expedient death, a beheading. And that's the way it worked. So Paul says, my first answer Well, what's he talking about? His first answer. The first time he stood before Nero. Now, he doesn't tell us what his answer was, but uh, you can only imagine a guy who spent 20 years trying to get back into heaven. (laughs) You know, you with me? You follow me? Do you remember, you know, they, they stoned him and left him for dead. And then later he wrote, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. But he went on and he talked about a heavenly experience. Do you know you know what the lord allowed paul to do he allowed him to briefly to be briefly transported to heaven get a glimpse of that whole thing and then sp- then paul spent the next 20 years basically being a suicidal maniac that's what he was so you can imagine what this guy's answer was right i'm you know he cleared the room man <laughs> i'm sure he did he said at my first answer no man stood with me the answer was it was so blunt and so to the point, and so direct, that there was no one that wanted to be identified with the Apostle Paul when he finished his first answer. Think about it. That would be a great replay when you get to heaven. Wouldn't it? I'd like to see that. What was Paul's first answer? At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Paul the forsaken, he knew what it was to be forsaken. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Now Paul's great concern was, of course, that his preaching would be spread as far and wide as possible, and that it would be recognized and heard, and he said, You know, during the whole time I'm standing before the Roman emperor and my life is hanging by a thread, the Lord strengthened me. The Lord strengthened me. Do you know what he was doing during this time? Well, you know what he was doing, even though we don't have a record of what he said. but we, But we do, you know, kind of have a record of what he said. Because if you go back to the book of Acts... Go back to the book of Acts. He stood before Agrippa. He stood before Felix. And do you know what he did to those guys? He preached to them. He preached to them. He would never miss an opportunity to present the gospel. He just preached to them. So it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Never miss an opportunity. And he said, and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. So I guess in one sense we can say that uh, you know, he didn't get thrown to the lions because he was beheaded. Uh, he exercised that right as a Roman citizen. He was delivered from the lions in the Colosseum. It may very well have a double application because we know who the lion is. Isn't the devil compared to a lion? Walking about, seeing whom he may devour? That's what Peter tells us. So by the preaching... He found strength. That's uh, uh you know what? Go, to, go to Philippians with me just for a second. Uh, let me just show you something here, all right? <laughs> Philippians. Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Every Bible since King James has changed that. Every single one of them they change it to who strengthens me or something or something similar to that i can do all things through christ which strengtheneth me because you know the pundits came along and they said well that's calling christ a witch and and you know that doesn't stack up not a, not witch like with a broomstick you know witch w h i c h so what do they do? Without any textual precedent, without any textual uh, reference, you know they change that to suit themselves. And that's happened hundreds and hundreds of times. And what they've done is rob the reader of a great doctrinal truth. Now let me show you what that is. I can do all things. Okay, well, if the verse ended right there, it would really appeal to the modern American, wouldn't it? I can do all things. And all these kids that are in public schools that are told, you know, you can be anything you want to be. No, you can't. No, you can't. Stop living in a cloud of fantasy. You know, not everyone can run a 100-yard dash in nine seconds. You follow me? I don't care how much you practice. Not everyone can dunk a basketball, right? I don't care how much or how hard you try. Not everybody. You know and you know what they tell them? You can be a president if you want to be. Really? Well, we can only have one at a time. And let's just say, for argument's sake, if we have 4 million of them out there that want to be president at the same time, and they're all in the same age category, well, how can they all be president? I mean, mathematically, it just doesn't add up. You know, you can do this. You can do that. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, no, you can't. You say, man, that's got to have a negative effect on kids. No, it doesn't. Do you know what what you should teach your kids? Do you know what you should teach them? You can be what God wants you to be. Now, you can do that. You can be what God wants you to be. You know, Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, the successful person is one who finds God's will and does it. That's success right there. One who finds God's will and does it. I can do all things, but it doesn't stop there. Through Christ. All right, through Christ. So in other words, he is the necessary ingredient to enable us to help us do whatever it is that he wants us to do. Which strengtheneth me. All right, now, which strengtheneth me is one of those strange things called a participle phrase. A participle phrase. Now, a participle phrase, well, first of all, a participle itself, a participle itself is a weird thing in the English language. A participle is a strange thing in that it has some, some of the features of a verb and it has some of the features of an adjective. So it's kind of a weird thing in our language. And, it's, and, and this is what's called a participle phrase, which strengtheneth me. Now, I was thinking about this too. D- did, did anybody ever have to diagram sentences when you were in school? And if you did, how many of you loved to do it? And I remember doing that all the way up into high school. You know, uh, it, it was a great exercise that I, I really, I had no idea that I would benefit from years later. You know, I, I preach and teach in English, you know, and I, I love these people that talk about, well, you know, I pack around this Greek Bible. Really? <laughs> okay. Did you ever witness to anybody out of your Greek Bible? Did you ever win anybody to Christ out of your Greek Bible? Did you ever sit down and and say to somebody, I'd like to show you Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 in my Greek Bible. Can Can you read that, please? Do you see how ridiculous that is? Do you know what I show them? I show them my King James English Bible. And I say, read that verse right there, would you please? And they do. So it's a great thing. So it's a a participle phrase, and and here's what's being indicated. The strength doesn't come until the activity begins. Now, there are a lot of people that are sitting around saying, Lord, I'll do this for you if you'll just give me the strength. But until the strength comes, I'll be here on my couch if you want to get a hold of me. Folks, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all. Do you know what he told Moses and the Israelites fleeing Pharaoh and his army? He said, Move forward. They had to get out, and and I, I don't know how deep they had to get out into the Red Sea, but the indication is, you know, and I'll bet some of those dudes were chest high before God said, you know, and, and close the whole thing up. I can show you about 20 examples of that in your Bible where where God said to someone, do this. He told Ezra to do what he did in the rebuilding of the temple. Nehemiah, the the rebuilding of the walls. And in every occasion, in every occasion, the movement was initiated and then the strength accommodated the movement or accompanied the movement. All right, now that's exactly what Paul is talking about here. It's exactly what he's talking about. So let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 17. 2 Timothy 4 verse 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Strengthened me. Well, strengthened me when? When he was preaching. So the preaching was being facilitated with the strengthening of the Lord. Now, some of you have said, you know, I'd really like to talk to someone about the Lord. I'd like to witness to someone, but you know, I just don't know. You know, and, and you're you're scared to death that you won't have the faculties, the the um the 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 insight or the ability or, or, or whatever it takes to get it done. You know what? Just launch into it. Launch the ship and say, Lord, I'm launching, I'm praying for your strength. I mean, why, think about it, why would the Lord just arbitrarily give you strength if you're not going to do anything with it? It's like the miracles in the Gospels. Jesus never, ever just arbitrarily went around performing miracles. Jesus wasn't running a carnival show. Jesus only initiated a miracle when there was a necessity that demanded it. Every miracle is accompanied by a necessity. All right. The the necessity of being used by the Lord. You say you need strength, all right. Well, launch the ship and see if the Lord will give you the strength. Okay? Verse 18. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, The Lord will deliver you from every evil work if you'll just stay busy doing what he wants you to do. And he'll preserve you into his heavenly kingdom. Now, here are Paul's last words. Verse 19. Salute Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesephorus. Now, if you don't know who those people are, find them in the book. They were great facilitators of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Now, now, there's a fascinating little verse right there that needs, unfortunately, more time than we have, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Why? Well, evidently, there is some problem with Paul's ability at this point. You know, the last days of his life to heal somebody. You know that healing was an apostolic thing, but he had he no longer had the ability to heal. Trophimus, have I left at Miletum sick? And prior to that, do you remember what he said to young Timothy? He said, "Take a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine oft infirmities." You know, why didn't Paul just say, you know, be healed? This healing thing at the hands of a healer was an apostolic thing. Trophimus, have I left at Miletum sick? You know, Paul couldn't even heal one of his faithful fellow servants. Couldn't do it at the end of his ministry. Now, some people would say... Well, that's because old Trophimus didn't have enough faith. Oh, Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me show you something. Over in Matthew chapter 17, healing was dependent upon the faith of the healer and not the sick. In Mark chapter 2, God blessed the faith of those who brought the sick to Jesus. Remember those boys that that that... That let the sick man down through the roof. In Acts chapter three, it's not suggested that anyone exercised any faith, but a guy got healed. In in um, Matthew chapter eight, a servant is healed because of his master's faith. So you have you have several different scenarios in your Bible about healing that have nothing to do with the faith of the individual being healed. So it's, it's bogus to say that Trophimus just didn't have enough faith. No. The fact of the matter is that Paul, as Paul got closer to the end of his ministry, and this can be verified over in, in um, Corinthians, that he, he is, he's no longer exercising any apostolic signs whatsoever. You know, he's just operating on the same plane that you and I are. Now, does God heal people today? Of course he does. Absolutely. But faith healers? The Lord doesn't need faith healers. You know, I've said this before, and maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, but it's worth repeating. Truthfully, if I wanted to become a multimillionaire, I would be doing the same thing I'm doing right now. I would just twist the message. That's all. Just twist the message. But you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I am scared to death that God would just strike me dead. That he'd strike me with a lightning bolt and man, you wouldn't even be able to find me. You know, I'm sure that I have I've been, you know, a pretty big you know, rascal over my life, but there is one thing that I am not willing to mess with. And it's that book. I'm not going to mess with that. No, sir. uh uh-uh. You know what? I have I have too great of a reverence for it. So, Trophimus, have I left at my sick? And that's interesting. That's, that's very, very interesting. Verse 21. Do thy diligence, and come before winter. Eubulus greeteth thee, and Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. And this is the way that Paul concludes just about every epistle in this book. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. He's the apostle of grace. If there was one thing that Paul wanted to talk about, propagate, preach, teach, it's grace. You and I are the product of grace. Grace. Amazing grace. Well, folks... That brings us to the end of our study of 2 Timothy and what a study it has been. What an incredible study in this book. When I set out to study this book with you through this podcast, I had no expectations that could have come anywhere close to what I got out of this study with you. This study has been such a blessing to me in my walk with the Lord and in a lot of the personal circumstances that I'm going through right now. I I Honestly, I don't have the words for it. But I sincerely hope that you found it to be a blessing just as much as I have. Now, next week, Lord willing, next Thursday, uh, we will possibly be broadcasting from our new studio, which has been in the process of being put together these last several weeks. Uh, very possibly, Lord willing, will be will be meeting in our new studio next Thursday night, and Lord willing, we'll be launching into the book, of Revelation. And we are excited to get into the book of Revelation. We've been talking about it for several weeks now, and uh, I'm, I'm really stoked to, to get into it. And uh, we'll be doing that, again, Lord willing, next Thursday night. But folks, um, as we draw this here to a close today, I'm going to ask you, head over to our website, com. And uh, send us over a message through our contact form or email me at info at podcast.com. Look for that support this podcast button. And if you can, a monthly contribution would be great. If not, cash app or through WayGiver. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday. Until next time, win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you. Take care.